0: Surgeon and inventor. How do you balance both careers? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinicians Roundtable. I am your host, Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, Professor of Surgery at the Chicago Medical School, and with me today is Dr. Paul Lux, co-founding member of the Orthopedic Center of St. Louis. Dr. Lux is an internationally recognized expert in his field of total joint replacement, and he is also an inventor. Welcome, Dr. Lux.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Mark.
0: Today, we are discussing the joint careers of being an orthopedic surgeon and being an inventor. Dr. Lux, what did you invent and how did you do it?
1: Well, the the uh, surgeon-inventor in orthopedics, there, there's a lot of opportunity, and To answer your question specifically, the name of my hip replacement is called the ProFemur LX, which is a hip replacement that's put in in a cementless fashion. It's manufactured by a company called Wright Medical Technology in Memphis, Tennessee.
0: And how did you get involved in inventing?
1: I had a background in biomechanics from my college days, and, and engineering was something that I've always been very much interested in. And as you go along in your career, you see things that you want to change.
0: What did you see that you wanted to change?
1: Well, my biggest emphasis or something that was always uh, very interesting to me was cementless fixation of hip replacements. What this means is to put in a, a hip replacement without the need for cement. The reason for this is cement has a very limited life expectancy. And you can expect cement after 10 years to significantly weaken and eventually break it's not very biologic. What I wanted to look at is a way to implant a hip replacement without the need for cement in a way that was safe, that many surgeons could put in with a minimal amount of risk to fracturing of the bone and to put it in correctly. And so I brought my ideas to industry, in this case, Wright Medical Technology, and I said, these are my ideas and I think I can uh, help you guys create something that would be very beneficial to our patients and something that would be very easy for a typical orthopedic surgeon to implant.
0: Now, did you have any specific ideas about this cementless approach?
1: Uh, yes, I did. And what's interesting is, is that most of what's done in orthopedics is built on the previous generation. And there, certainly cementless fixation has been around for 20 years. My contribution was a way to, to implant the femoral component using a slotted design so that as you drove the femoral component down into the femur, there is a slot at the end of the femoral component that actually closes down and greatly decreases the likelihood of fracturing the femur as the the hip replacement is inserted.
0: Now, how did you think of that specifically?
1: It's not the first time it's ever been done. I just refined the instrumentation. I refined the implant. We did a lot of testing in cadavers with prototype femoral components, meaning I would implant them in cadaver bones. We would see how strong it would be. We would implant them, and we would try to actually break them. And when we found a, a way of doing this, that was very reliable, very reproducible, and something that fit all the patients. We started doing prototypes.
0: Were there any disappointments?
1: Well, sure. I mean, no, no disappointments in our actual patients, but certainly disappointments in the lab, Every disappointment just gave me an opportunity to refine something a little bit more, so that it would fit all the patients. It would be inserted easily. It would be very reproducible. That's what the typical surgeon wants. If he wants something that he knows that he can put in his patients. That's going to work almost a hundred percent of the time.
0: Now, did you work with a team of people at this company?
1: Absolutely. You know, it's unusual that a surgeon can do this alone. You need the resources of a company, of an orthopedic implant company. You need the engineers. You need the testing equipment. You need the drawings and the ability to make prototypes. It's all done computer-assisted. I can come up with a design, and in a day, the company can send me a model made out of plastic of what I'm talking about. And then we can refine that, and then eventually you get into the metal prototypes, and then eventually into the uh, into the final components that we put in our patients.
0: Now, how long a period of time was it from your first idea to the first time you used it in a patient?
1: It took about 18 months for this particular project to go from us sitting down with me, sitting down with the engineers, making some drawings, because it wasn't just the implants, it was the instruments. To put them in, it's the exposure, it's the templates to make sure that they fit properly into the patient's own bone. It's a very involved, multifaceted approach that has to take place.
0: Dr. Lux, with a busy clinical practice like you have of joint replacement, how did you ever have the time or inclination to go into inventing?
1: Well, Mark, inventing was just a natural byproduct of my practice. You know, I would see the opportunity to improve something to help uh, my patients and I would write it down and I would make some notes and it really wasn't that I had to take weeks and weeks out of my practice it would be more like I would meet with the engineers for a couple hours we would talk about different things and then they would they would work on some prototypes and then we would take it uh, a a step further and so it's not a full-time job it's just a nice part of my practice but it's always in the forefront of my mind. You know, when I see it, when I see a particular problem, I say, "How could we change what we have now to better suit this patient?" And it becomes very gratifying when you put your own hip replacement or your own knee replacement in a patient and see them do very well.
0: Is it ever frustrating?
1: You know, it's it's not so much frustrating when you get to the point. I mean, these implants are all FDA approved and they've all, you know, cleared a regulatory the regulatory hurdles but the the frustrating part for me is that nobody has my sense of urgency you know nobody <laughs> does it as fast as i want to in the companies and i have these ideas and i and i want to see them uh, materialize but nothing gets developed without bumps in the road and certainly things come along that surprise you those are ironed out in the developmental stages rarely hopefully you don't you know, get into the clinical stages and come across those types of problems.
0: Is there competition in inventing something medical?
1: Oh, there's huge competition. You know, the orthopedic implant industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. Each hip replacement or each knee replacement costs between four and five thousand dollars. In this country this year, we expect to implant four hundred thousand hip and knee replacements. So you know if you do the math it's just a huge amount of dollars. And so the companies are looking. They're always looking for for surgeons that are interested in venting, that have a high volume practice, and that have experience in putting in hip and knee replacements. And also, they have, they're looking for surgeons that have the ability to work with other surgeons to teach them how to do uh, this type of procedure.
0: Well, what would you say to the surgeon or physician coming up to you? with a medical idea, and they ask you, should I pursue this, or is it just too difficult to go through the process?
1: You know, this is not like inventing a new technology in a bubble. The technology is there. Certainly, companies are willing and recruit surgeons to work with them, because that's where the new ideas come. It comes from, you know, the battlefront, and this is where it's being waged, is actually, you know, doing the patients, because the surgeons are the ones that know what the problems are. The engineers can help solve that problem, and they have helped me greatly, but they're not the ones that are actually doing the surgery that are there, that come across these particular problems. And there's a tremendous amount of experience in surgeons that have been doing this for 20 or 30 years, have a tremendous amount of input. So it's a symbiotic relationship between industry and the orthopedic community.
0: Now, you mentioned that in your training you had some biomedical background, is this something that was very helpful for you?
1: Absolutely. You know, if, if I had to do it all over again, I would have taken many more classes uh, in biomedical engineering, which was basically a newer field when I was young and in, in college. But biomedical engineering is sort of my hobby. Uh, it's and it's coming to understand how the joints work allows the surgeon to be able to put something out there that works and that the engineers can build off of.
0: Does the biomedical engineering background help you as a clinical surgeon as well?
1: I think it does to some extent. I mean, I I tend to look at things more along a biomechanical route. It's sort of my angle, the way that I approach things. But I think that all orthopedic surgeons have a very sound understanding of, of biomechanics. It's taught in the residency training program, it's part of our boards. It's part of our in-training exams. So most guys have a pretty deep knowledge of biomechanical engineering when they leave their residency.
0: Are there many orthopedic surgeons who are involved in innovative procedures and techniques and products like you are?
1: I think there are. I mean, I think that that there's 20 significant orthopedic companies. And each orthopedic company has at least a dozen different guys. I'm just talking about joint replacement now, not... Uh, you know hip and knee replacement there's trauma there's the spine there's the cervical spine the the lumbar spine there's the wrist i mean there's all kinds of areas and every orthopedic company has a whole stable of surgeons that it calls on for input and for advice and for you know future projects
0: now finally i don't know dr lux if you're going to answer this question but what's on the horizon for Dr. Paul Lux and new innovations and inventions in the orthopedic world?
1: The thing on the horizon for me that's most exciting is the newer types of materials that we're able to create in the, in the lab that look almost like bone. They're made out of titanium. One of the most promising ones is a material called BioFoam. It's manufactured by Wright Medical Technology in Memphis. And it looks, if you look at it under the electron microscope, it looks almost identical to bone.
0: And why is this helpful?
1: Well, for me, it's exciting because any surface that we can manufacture that's going to allow an orthopedic implant to grow faster or more firmly into the surface of an implant is something that will help all of our patients.
0: And where do you think this biofoam is going to end up 5, 10 years from now?
1: We're already seeing it on knee replacements. I think you'll see it on hip replacements. I think you'll see it on different types of knee replacements, meaning the primary knee replacements or the ones, what we call revision knee replacements. It has wide-ranging applications, and it's very exciting to see materials that are much more biologically friendly, such as this biofoam.
0: And in 20, 30 years down the road, using your crystal ball, Dr. Lux, what do you see the state-of-the-art in terms of joint replacement and materials? We well,
1: you know, it's funny because I think in an ideal world, we'll have a material that's biologically compatible, that will grow to the bone very quickly, that will have a very low uh, incidence of infection, and that it will basically last forever. And what I think will happen is by the time we get that, the genetic engineers will have come up with an injection in the knee that they can give you a shot, and it will genetically reverse the arthritis in your knee.
0: I want to thank Dr. Paul Lux, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the joint careers of a surgeon and an inventor. I'm Dr. Mark Nolan Hill, and you have been listening to the Clinicians Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.